on to our last segment now and we're zooming into South Africa. The country today marks one year exactly since the first case of COVID-19 was confirmed. Since then, more than one million people have been infected and over uh, 50,000 rather have lost their lives to the virus. Two weeks ago, South Africa began the Johnson & Johnson vaccine rollout, giving hope to many. However, some health specialists are still skeptical and say that government needs to strengthen its health systems going forward. Here's an interview I had earlier with Professor Alex van den Heever. He's the chair of the Social Security Systems Administration and Management Studies at the Witt School of Governance. (laughs) It's quite difficult to say it. At the 5th of uh, March last year, um, you had no idea what was ahead of us. And uh, I think it's, we've, we've now had a live through that. But it, um, my, my greatest concern certainly at that period was that we were totally unprepared to, uh, to try and prevent the uh, epidemic from escalating. And that has pretty much uh, been the experience that we've had. Um, unfortunately, we were not able to prevent the epidemic, the local version of the epidemic from becoming quite widespread, um, although it would have been a very difficult task to stop. We, we, were, we clearly were caught completely off guard and no machinery was put in place. And we were also not, uh, our healthcare services were also not adequately prepared, uh, despite actually having some uh, time to prepare. Looking at the leadership in handling the COVID-19 outbreak, how would you assess the leadership that uh, we have been seeing? Fairly confused because part of the problem that uh, I think that everybody's experienced is that government appears to be fighting a factional battle when it's meant to be uh, that the ANC is fighting a factional battle when it's meant to be running the government with a sort of a sort of a single-minded focus on this epidemic. And it was unclear really what was going on with the uh, National Coronavirus Council that was set up and whether that was the best um, decision-making structure to deploy when you needed rapid, informed decisions to be made. The ministerial advisory committees that were set up um, of scientists to advise on the the so-called science behind decisions were ignored. And it's unclear what the motivations were behind uh, certain of the of the restrictions that were then imposed and the length of time that they were in place. It looked like other agendas were at play that had nothing to do with the epidemic. And that is very problematic. It meant that we had a government that wasn't clearly focused, was divided amongst itself. In terms of um, the vaccine, now that it's, it's here, do you have any reservations um, in terms of the rollout, the time frames, and whether we can achieve this herd immunity by the end of this year? I think achieving herd immunity at the end of this year is, is uh, through vaccinations uh, alone is probably unlikely at this stage because of the huge delay in um, setting things up. The, uh, the vaccines that we have at this point are not part of a rollout. They're part of an expanded trial which means that they are uh, really very low level. And if we had to continue to vaccinate at our current rate, it will take us about 17 years to reach herd immunity from vaccinations. So the problem at the moment is that we're more likely to achieve herd immunity from natural infection than we are from vaccines, which mm. is not good. And um, the, uh, it's, the, it's very opaque as to what negotiations are happening and why they've, why they've taken so long and why nothing was done last year. The other key issue is we, we did, 
secure 1.5 million doses of AstraZeneca vaccine, and now they're being given away um, because supposedly they're not uh, effective against the South African variant of the virus. The uh, unscientific advice from Professor Mardi, who's uh, been sort of part of the, the trial behind this, has indicated quite clearly it's a very limited trial and that, in fact, it's, not, it's a perfectly safe vaccine and has a probable effect on severe illness and death. So it makes it, for people who would get no vaccine, if we didn't use the AstraZeneca vaccine, we might as well deploy it. So it is appropriate to use the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for frontline health workers, but the AstraZeneca vaccine can be given to vulnerable people who otherwise will get no vaccine before August. We are here now, uh, Professor Alex, a year later. What do you think we need to do urgently now as a country? So the vaccine strategy has to be, has to be sharpened, but we're going to face at the same time probably another surge uh, really, you know, within the next few months in, in the cases again. I think that's an inevitable uh, uh, consequence also going into winter. So we're, we are still going to have to go through the process of preparing our hospitals for another surge of people who are going to be unvaccinated and infected. We're, so I think that both, uh, and I would have also said that we need to use our test and trace strategy as part of a prevention strategy. We, we have testing capability up much higher than it was last year. So we need a public-private strategy around beds again, and we need a public-private strategy around test and trace, and we need to make sure that our health services are prepared, and we need to expedite the vaccine program.